Hello and welcome to episode 17 of Entrepreneur Life with me, Joel Campbell, and I am an entrepreneur. This week I'm going to talk about expectations. I'm going to come back around to it though. So, so I'm going to chat about expectations. It's Monday morning, it's half seven. Um, I'm just double checking my watch. Oh God, I need to set a timer. I'm so all over the place sometimes when I do these things. Let me just set a timer very quickly. Boom, 25 minutes, and I know I get the podcast to the right length then. Okay, so it's Monday morning, it's just gone half seven. I'm in nice and early to record this podcast, but also there's a few things going on today. Um, I've got Matt in, who's our freelance studio engineer, who helped us or, or built the studio and source the equipment, put it all together for us, ready for 50mm media. So he's back in today, just doing a few um, tweaks in some of the software and some of the hardware, getting everything set and pre-setting all the requirements, all the presets, I guess, um, setting all the presets um, for all the different shows we've got coming up. So he's in to do that. This um, it starts this morning, so I need to obviously be in for that. Uh, a few bits happening. Lauren's on holiday this week. Uh, a couple of other people are on holiday this week. So really just wanted to get in and make sure I was on top of everything nice and early today. Also, I wanted to record this episode. Um, a bit of a strange one really last week. I'm, I'm actually recording episode 17, which is funny to me because I haven't even recorded episode 16 yet, which I know I'm doing tomorrow. Um, but that's a live on-site kind of episode. So um, this is all about expectations. And like I said, it's a bit of a weird one for me because what happened um, last week was I was, I don't know if I would use the word shocked, but I was certainly surprised by the level of expectation that I have for people. Just gonna hold that thought because I wanna just double check the camera's recording because after last week's fiasco, where it started and stopped and started and stopped, perfect, we are going, okay, so I can just crack on and continue. Um, so yes, yeah, so I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit surprised at myself in terms of the level of expectation I have of people. now. I'm going to talk about this very much in a business sense, not so much in a, in a, in a personal sense, I think. Yeah. So I, I specifically, I'm talking about um, our, our employees. I'm talking about our suppliers, our partners. I always count suppliers and partners as something slightly different. So I would say a supplier to our business is something like bookers who, who deliver our food, um, or Castle Howell, who deliver our food to our two sort of suppliers there. Um, I would think of something like, you know, uh, our, our electric supplier. Um, I would think of our water suppliers, so our utilities effectively. Um, those I would feel as, as, as suppliers, um, people that supply our merchandise and such like that. I think of partners far more as those that are more integrated to our business and can have more of an effect on how it's perceived, how it's, um, organizers how it's delivered effectively so I would say reach media definitely a partner they really support us in our brand and our marketing and such along there um, I would say that we have partners in other businesses that we work alongside the police force would be a partner um, I think some of the schools we work with would be partners um, I think that are the media company that um, we terminated contract with a few months ago they would have been a partner although I feel like that became more of a supply contract, which is probably why they're not with us anymore. Um, I think our insurance brokers potentially 
I would say, are partners because they support us in the process. It's not customer facing, but they're here whilst the audits are happening, support us with the um, with that process on site because it's big buildings, they work with us quite close in terms of the insurance for public liability, employers liability, directors liabilities, all those kind of things. So I would say those are partners. Anyway, I have expectations for all of these different um, entities or, or people. So suppliers, partners and our employees. And it just really sort of came to light for me last week. The fact that I expect a certain amount and I think very rarely it gets delivered and that's not a negative for other people it's actually a negative for me and something that I've been working through this weekend because I have a very high bar um, generally I have a very very high bar um, now I, I I'm trying to think of how to have best explain. My 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 mother-in-law once said to me, um, uh, my um, you know, wife's stepmom, as well as my mother-in-law, my stepmother-in-law. Um, she once said to me, I was like a comedian, and I think it was the nicest compliment that I've ever got. And when I asked her what, what she meant, she said, "Well, you can go down to the rugby club, um, and you can like shoot the boot in like." filthy, muddy clothes, you'd just be running around in for the last few hours, take some of his boot off and be drinking beer out of it. And I was like, yeah. And she went, but then you could be in, you know, top hat and tails, or you can be at the most elegant kind of upper class dinner, and you just fit in from one end of the spectrum to the other. Um, and I thought that was, that was a really astute description of me, because that is totally true. I can do that. I can... I can drive between, I can move between these different um, uh, things based on, on what I'm doing. And you know, lots of people can, but I thought it was a very astute um, uh, assessment of me. And I, I have really high standards and it doesn't matter what I do, my standards are high and I hold myself to those standards, which is why if, you, if, if you've ever played sport with me or if you see me play sport, I get really pissed off and I normally get really pissed off because I'm pissed off with myself not playing to the standard I feel like I should do. So potentially not playing to the standard that I'm capable of or the standard I feel I should be playing at or not playing to the standard of everyone else. And that really annoys me. When I fall below the standard of everybody else, that really fucks me off because then I'm letting them down. So that's kind of how I perceive that. If I go somewhere, then I have an expectation of standards. Now, that standard is based around where I'm going. If I go to McDonald's and I buy a cheeseburger for £1.19, I have an expectation. It's not particularly high, although it is now standard across the world because obviously McDonald's is a franchise and you pretty much a cheeseburger is the same in Mexico, in America, in the UK, in New Zealand, in Australia, in Japan, pretty much the same flavour, taste, burger. Um, if I go to, oh, I've been to places like Marriott County Hall, for example, um, you know, then I have an expectation. So I have my standards set. The trouble is, I want people to achieve my standards. And what I've come to realise, it's not going to happen. And if I'm expecting that to happen, I'm just absolutely setting myself up for failure. And then when I when, it, when they don't achieve the standards and when they ultimately fail or the failure happens, then I get annoyed, then I get pissed off, 
then we start going down this you know, challenging route. So it, it's a difficult balance because I think my, I, I potentially maybe shouldn't be expecting from people, but that doesn't mean to say I can't hold the standard. So if we take employees or suppliers or partners, for example, every single one of them is paid to do a job. They're paid for a role, whether it's a service, a provision, a product, they are paid for a product. So whether it's bookers delivering bottled water or whether it's um, our, our, our marketing company delivering us landing pages or whether it's our employees cleaning a cell or delivering um, a service they do. So booking in a customer, for example. Every single one of those is paid at a different level, obviously, you know, water costs, whatever water costs. And, um, I don't know how much water costs, but water costs the water costs, and there's, there's work obviously in the, in, in the media side. So, so, so you get it. Um, I don't need to break that down, I'm sure, fuck up job, roughly. Um, so, so every single one of those has a standard that is needs to be met. Um, so if bookers deliver us a case of 24 bottles of water, but there's only 20 in the case, or three of them are damaged, they are not meeting the standard, and quite rightly, we're going to pull them up on it and go, hold on guys, you're, you're three, four bottles short, or whatever you might be, where's the rest? Oh, you know, it broke, we're not, we, we can't look. Well, then we expect something taken off the bill. We're not going to pay for the full product if it's not there. The same is with like our landing pages. If they're not designed the way we want, or the changes aren't made, or they're not delivered on time, you know, there's an expectation. Um, same with our employees. If somebody goes to, to clean a prison cell and it's not clean afterwards, they're not meeting the standards that is provided or that is, like I say, expected. I guess the challenge is when I talk about expectations is am I expecting people to build big careers and seize the opportunity is what I'm looking for. And I guess I am because that's what I would do but there's no reason for me to have the expectation for anybody else to seize the opportunities. Because one of the things that we do, and we do very, very well, is we provide opportunities to people, huge opportunities to people. I speak about Lauren quite regularly in this, in this podcast because we spend a lot of time together. Um, but I've watched her start with us back in 2015 as a zombie in one event for three nights. She then came and started working for us for like, eight hours a week on a weekend is a, is a CSA checking customers. And now she runs an entire division and she's done that in a period of, of six and a half years from there to there. It's a huge change and she's you know, been instrumental in terms of some of the stages of our business. We've got other people that work for us that have been in really big, powerful roles and big organizations with big salaries and they've chosen to come work for us on a far, far lower salary, far lower than they could actually, than they could get in, in, the, in the marketplace if they wanted to. But because of our culture, because of the way that we do things, um, and therefore they've, they've made the sacrifice of money to work in a culture that's more suited to them and to what they want. So we've, we've got a breadth across the board, and then obviously we've just got people that want to do the job, come in every day, not every day, um, come in, do the job, um, and, and that's fine, they, they've got no real aspiration for progression and opportunity in that sense, it's absolutely fine. But every single one of those people has to meet 
a standard. And the standard is set, and that's where they have to achieve. And like I said, I, it, it's, it's really dawning on me the opportunities we provide people are really quite great. Like they are. When I look at what we do, what we provide, and the flexibility and the growth potential that people have compared to the jobs that I've always worked in, it is another world. And I don't think people realise it because it's so ingrained into our culture, it's just taken for granted. And I think that's becoming a problem um, because there is now an expectation that I have that people are gonna do certain things based on the fact that all well, this opportunity is here and they're not going to. And my, my challenge is now as a CEO, that I'm concerned I'm gonna go, I've gone too far the other way because I could be a really dictatorial and authoritarian CEO, you know, crack the whip and, you know, no benefits, nothing in kind, minimum wages across the board, you get what you get. If you don't like it, there's the door, fuck off. Um, and that's certainly not the CEO I wish to be. It's not the company I wish to run. Um, I would rather go and work for somebody else than have breed that culture in my organisation. Um, the danger is that maybe I've gone too far the other way, that we're too relaxed, we're too laid back, we're too easygoing, um, we've got a standard, but we're not holding people to that standard. But yet the expectation is still for them to achieve that standard. And the expectation is for them all to take the opportunity and run with it. And it's just not going to happen. So I've been trying to think about what changes we need to make within the organisation to, um, to balance that out. It's another reason why I'm recording this effectively, you know, nearly 10 days, uh, 10, 11 days early. And it's because I'm recording this on a Monday morning. It's the 15th of August. This will go out in about 11 days. There are people in our organization today that will be coming into work today. They will not be here when, our, when this podcast releases. Now, I know that sounds like a quick turnaround, but that's because when I've established that there's a problem in our business, when I can see that we need to change something, it might take me a few hours or a few days, maybe even a couple of weeks, to figure out what the change is. It doesn't normally take me a couple of weeks. Normally, once we've identified the problem, it's normally hours to days. Um, once we've identified that issue, we make the change. We don't procrastinate on it. We don't faff around with it. We don't fuck about. We make the change and we get going. And that's the beauty of running a business like a startup, entrepreneurial startup, is you can adjust and adapt very, very fast. It does mean on a negative side that some people struggle to keep up because there is adaption and changes. So when somebody comes into work today and we're making a change that is different to how they operated on Friday, it's like, what the fuck, how's that changed in a day? And that's what happens. It's the same as when you, um, I love this, I love this analogy. You go to the supermarket and you do your shopping. And let's say you, um, you know, buy, I don't know, uh, four pints of milk. Um, and you go off and you do your shopping. And the next day, the supermarket has a two for one offer on the same four pints of milk. And you get pissed off because you're like, well, I, I bought my milk yesterday. That's not fair. I, I, you know, it was changed. What, how's it changed? And that's what happens. Change happens instantly. The behind the scenes bit, 
doesn't happen instantly. So I, I recognized this problem a week ago. I've spoken to lots of people about it. Um, I spent last week considering it. I actually had some meetings towards the end of last week with some, um, I wouldn't say advisors or consultants, but just people that have more experience um, and a wider breadth of experience. So I had those meetings and I spent the weekend thinking about it. And then I spent yesterday starting to put plans into place and changes and cause and action and stuff like that into place. Um, and now we're ready to just drop the change. So for one individual, it might be, oh my God, this was happening Friday and Monday is completely different. For some of the team though, we've been working on it for a few days and we know it's embedding. The point is that when you operate in the way we operate, it does allow us to adapt quite quickly. And I believe that is gonna allow us to grow in a way that other companies potentially can't. Certainly allows us to move and adapt in ways other companies can't. Um, so yeah, and I think that it's not a case of, right, Joel's on the warpath, he's gonna be flying around, firing everybody today. It doesn't, that doesn't happen. This isn't The Apprentice, I'm not Alan Sugar. It's not, you know, a big waggy finger in your face and, and screaming at you. Um, I do shout on occasion and I do swear a lot. Um, but not in an aggressive approach. But we do have people that will not like the change we're making. They will not like the approach we're taking potentially, and therefore they will probably leave. Um, there are people that are not meeting the standards and they will be pulled up on it. And therefore they may well decide to leave. There are people that are not achieving the standards. And some of those standards are pretty straightforward standards like turning up for work on time. It's a pretty easy, it's a pretty low bar. <laughs> it's a pretty, pretty low bar. Um, some of these people will be not making it much further with us because we will terminate them because they can't do things like make it to work on time. It's a pretty low standard. Um, and I, I spoke about this the other day about sickness. When you are sick, when you're off sick and you're not really sick, when you're pulling a sickie, or when you're not achieving the standard that is set. Yes, there is an impact on me. Absolutely, there's an impact on me. And yes, there's an impact on the wider business, without a doubt. But the people that have the biggest impact on them, the biggest problems off the back of not meeting a standard, is the people you sit next to. It's the people that do the same job as you. It's your colleagues, it's your teammates, it's everybody around you directly. They're the ones that get fucked the most when you don't do your job properly. It's not me, you could, you could sit there, I could probably have two thirds of my organization sit there and twiddle their thumbs for you know, a few days. It's not gonna directly affect me. There's, there'll be an indirect effect, definitely, and eventually it's gonna have an impact, but it's not a massive effect. The people that will be getting affected are the rest of the people that are not sitting around twiddling their thumbs because they're the ones that are gonna have to pick up the slack. And some of this comes back to a cultural thing. Oh, I feel like I'm whinging now, is, you know, the culture of, organization is, of our organisation is such that we're completely employee-centric. The problem with that is 90% of people really like that. They really engage with it. They really work hard because of that. And majority achieve the standard. They do. The other 10% don't. They love the fact that they get all these benefits but they like the fact that they can get nowhere near the standards and they're quite content with that. And what I'm saying through all of this is we've let that slide
for too long. And that's not going to slide anymore. The standard is set and you either meet it or you don't. And if you don't, then there'll be a consequence. Now that's not a threat, it's just the way it is. Why should you have some people in a team, 90% of the people meeting the standard and a number of them going above it, and 10% not, and you allow the 10% not to achieve it. You allow it to be okay. That's not a culture I want to breed. We are not breeding a culture of missing targets, not turning up to work, not hitting the standard of you know cleaning a cell properly, not you know, dealing with customers in an appropriate manner, not, you know, whatever the process might be, that's not our culture. And I, I just think we need to get that balance just right. So we're gonna have to have a slight change. Um, but yeah, should I have an expectation of people to seize opportunities that are in front of them? Obviously not. There clearly is no reason why I should have any expectation of any person to seize an opportunities in front of them for individual growth. Yes, there's a benefit to the business, obviously, but there is also a lot of benefit to that individual part of their growth. And especially when they talk about, you know, wanting to be paid more and for growth and development and stuff, and when the opportunity in front of them, they don't take it. It's like people saying, I really, really want to be fit and healthy, but not going to the gym. Or people saying, I don't want to be fat, or I want to have a six pack, or I want to be able to do this but not going to the gym. Or people say, I really want to learn another language. I really want to learn another language. I haven't learned another language because I'm too fucking lazy to learn another fucking language. I really want to learn to play the piano. I haven't learned to play the piano particularly well because I'm too fucking lazy. Now I use different excuses. I haven't got the time because I'm working, or I'm doing this with the kids, or um, you know, I need some downtime, or I'm going to the gym. It normally will be time. The bottom line is if I truly wanted to do it, I would find the time, I would make it work. Spent some time with some friends last week and um, uh, one of them uh, is, is going off to Hawaii to do an Ironman. Um, didn't know, I, I don't speak to him all that often, but I didn't know he did, did Ironman. And anyway, he went off and he did a, an Ironman competition. I think it was his first Ironman. And he finished so high that he was invited to go to Hawaii to do the, I think, the international um, or world Ironman championships. That's amazing. It's like, how much do you train? And he was like, well, between sort of, you know, 15 and 20 hours a week, 18 to 20 hours a week, depending on, on the week. But I'm going to have to up that now because I've sent off to Hawaii in a, in, a, in a few months. So I'm not sure how many weeks. I think he's got 20 weeks or something before he's off to Hawaii. So he was like, yeah, I'm going to have to scale up my training. Um, I was like, whoa, how do you do that? He's got two kids. He works full time. Um, his wife works full time. I was like, how, how do you find time? He's like, well, I'm up at five in the morning. And I'm up at five in the morning. I go out for a cycle. Um, and then I go for a swim. And I'm back home. And I'll see the kids. And they'll go off to nursery and stuff like that. And then I'll go to work. And I'll do my day at work. And I'll come home. And I'll, I'll then um, spend some time with the kids. And they get to bed. And I'll jump into the garage. And I'll then spend a few hours on my turbo trainer. Or I'll go for a run. And then on a weekend, Saturday morning, up at five, or he's out at five, so I guess he's up at half four, out at five for a five hour cycle. So it's five to 10, bash, done. Then obviously he spends the day with the kids, then might train again in the evening. So he makes sacrifices in terms of his diet, in terms of not drinking, in terms of how he spends his time. But that's his dedication. That's what he wants to do at the moment. And he does it. He looks fucking ridiculous like he looks like I was, I was stood there with, with, with one of the other guys I was like 
man, that guy looks fucking fit and healthy. Bastard, he's the same age, like, what the fuck? Like, and I was just like, wow, what the fuck, man? You get up at five in the morning, you do that. I was like, wow. I was really, really impressed, but it really hammered home to me again. If you want to do it, and I've got it written right there, what do you want on the board? It's, you will, you will make it work, but should I have an expectation of people wanting to achieve those things for themselves? And maybe this is where the word hope comes in. I hope you will achieve the things you want to. And I can give you the opportunities and provide you the opportunities and the, and the support to be able to achieve what you want to achieve. But I can't walk that path for you. You have to walk it yourself. It's an interesting way of looking at it. And one thing I love so much about being an entrepreneur is growth. Development and growth and adaption of mindset. And I truly believe that entrepreneurs are not fixed in their thinking and we allow ourselves to, to really, you know, re, reconsider our, um, our beliefs, reconsider our, um, what's the word I'm looking for? The, the way we look at situations. So I guess, I guess to, not so much our outlook, no, maybe not even so much our beliefs, but um, certainly the, the way we look at situations and the way we interpret those and the way that we, oh, I don't know the word I'm looking for. Um, oh, God damn it for not concentrating on school, Joel. Typical bloody entrepreneur. Um, that would teach me not to pay attention to the English language, wouldn't it? Um, <laughs> uh, I, I do think that allowing ourselves to to change and to have a different um, understanding and take on different um, thought processes, different perspectives um, is a way to really grow. And, and I like that thing about, about being an entrepreneur. I'm not, although I am fixed in, in, in a lot of things, I think if I realize that actually my, the way I'm thinking is not right or there's another way, then I'll look at that. So it's that adaptability. Um, and it's, you know, looking at it from a different position or a different perspective, which is why I like having smart people around me. Um, and that's one of the new changes I'm going to make. Obviously, I don't have smart people around me, but I don't have smart enough people around me, and not enough of them. So it's one of the changes I'm going to make. Um, but yeah, anyway, like I say, so um, I think I've been wrong. Wrong might be a bit strong, but I don't think I've been right. It's <laughs> a politics answer for you there. Um, in having an expectation of people to seize certain opportunities or to seize the opportunities to drive themselves forward towards the goals that I, I understand that they have. Um, that's not my job to do. Um, I guess when they do it, I should be very, very pleased. But when they don't, that's on them. I guess the trick is in a business is to find the people that will meet the standards all the time, every time. Because that's the way to drive the business forward. And I'm probably, I'm just thinking about the people now in my head, the ones I know that are going above it, they're the ones that will seize the opportunity, but I shouldn't expect them to. Random episode, Monday morning at 7.30. Anyway, this has been episode 17 of Entrepreneur Life with me, Joel Campbell. And I am an entrepreneur.
Oh, I've got a bad back because I'm getting old. Oh, no, I'm not right, really. I haven't been stretching after my runs. That's the problem. Cool, everything recorded. Happy days. There you go, Paul.